Deep Knitter contains explicit content. It is also fact-checked-ish. We try our best. Listener discretion is advised. This is Deep Nerder, the podcast where we talk about true crime, nostalgia, murder. These are your hosts, Kelsey. I'm Jill. And I'm Britt. Booyah. Nailed it. (laughs) Nailed in the coffin. I'm just like more interested in just fitting the clothes I have just because I don't want to buy more. Well, yeah. Okay. So that is a thing too. Uh, I also did buy a larger size of jeans and I truly, truly like how comfortable they are just in general, but I don't plan on replacing my whole wardrobe. And if we're truly back to the office in September, there's no fucking way I'm buying more slacks. I am going to fit into those slacks. Slacks. Yeah. I have some like real mean slacks. They look good on me. I like them. I haven't had slacks since my early 20s, I feel. I like them. I go to Frank and Oak and I have a bunch of them. And they're They're so classy. I don't even look at that store because I'm like, oh, I don't think I'm there yet. And then me and my fucking self saunter into Hot Topic and I'm just like, I'll just be here. (laughs) I'm fine with that. What's wrong with Hot Topic? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Take all my money all the time. Right now. Remember, oh, what was it, like four years ago when Hot Topic came to Canada? Let's say, let's say four. But it was like the 14-year-old inside of me was like, you mean we don't have to drive to Bellingham anymore? And I don't have to convert Canadian to American dollars. I can just get my shit now. I used to also drive to Bellingham to go to Hot Topic. <laughs> Who didn't? It was like Victoria's Secret, Hollister, Hot Topic, McDonald's dollar menu. Hollister used to freak me out because when I tried to go in there, there was like the beautiful store bodyguards, which weren't actually bodyguards. They're just like essentially male models they had standing at the entrance. And it was so dark. I couldn't see anything. I It was like shopping in a nightclub. And I wasn't mm-hmm. at night. I was at nightclub age. It was intimidating. All of the girls that worked there were really beautiful and tiny, and it just wasn't going to work. Did you know somebody missed, like, fragrance through the store, like, every so often? Well, maybe that's also, it was like a wall of scent that I couldn't get past. It was darkness, scent, and scary little ladies, girls. Ladies. (laughs) Would you say that they were teenage? They were probably, yeah, teenage. But which, I, like, which? Which, but I didn't like, see them with any black cats, though. Oh, you caught the segue. <laughs> you finally bought a ticket and hopped on. <laughs> Don't draw too much attention to it, or I won't do it again. Oh, I know you, you might not do it again, so we're going to celebrate the small victories. <laughs> okay, so what's up? My name is Kelsey, because we didn't introduce ourselves. Oh, my God. Past you. <laughs> If you don't know by now, go back to episode one. This is Jill. Never go back. Just keep going forward as we as we slowly get a little better. Like playing Mahjong. You slowly get better at Mahjong? Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> this is our second dive into the TGIF saga. Because the multiverse. Twilight. Yes. Because Doctor Strange. And Twilight. So we're here doing teenage witchcraft. Like most of us were doing after the first time we watched The Craft. And we're all like, I want to be just like Feruza. Uh, yo. Yeah. (laughs) I remember doing uh, Light as a Feather, Stiff as a Board with my friends in the backyard. Well, in the backyard of Emily's house. And like, (laughs) just being afraid for my soul afterwards. It's like, what have I done? What have I, obviously nothing happened, but you know, overactive imaginations on children. It'll get you. Oh, I just like, I wanted to be so crazy like her. I was like, how is she so fucking nuts? I want to be like that. So apparently we took two different things away from that movie. (laughs) Well, I mean, I still, still love it. It's fun thinking about my little self right now being that afraid. (laughs) I still won't say like, bloody mary or whatever into a mirror i've still well, never said it three times I mean, don't try your luck no like, i'm not stupid i made it i made it to undisclosed age that i am yeah, so but, i'm not gonna risk it but like satan's cool as we've learned in the new sabrina what yeah 
So we're switching it up again today. And be ready and... because I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to try my best. Is it, is it crime light? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Uh, diet you, you crime. Like you like it. it is, it's I diet always crime. love diet crime. Okay. So before my diet crime part, we get uh, Jill in our 90s TV trivia. Ugh, welcome. So we're talking about Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So I'm going to talk about three different Sabrinas, but only one is close to my heart and the other two are there. Yeah. But I will mention them because I feel like that is polite. Mm-hmm. So my favorite Sabrina the Teenage Witch was played by none other than Melissa Joan Hart, who, contrary to popular belief, is not married to Freddie Prince Jr. It's the other blonde. It's the other <laughs> Still my favorite thing ever, I think. Five stars, 100%. I'm living for that. She wasn't in Scooby-Doo. Don't mix it she up. She was not in Scooby-Doo. She could have been, though. Well, I mean, she could have. But should have she been? I, I still think Probably they're the not. same person. I mean, they're both blonde, so it checks out. So Sabrina the Teenage Witch aired from 1996 all the way till 2003, which I did not realize. But uh, after like recapping myself on this, Sabrina, I realized like I like we said, we kind of like phased out. I think I just kind of stopped watching after a certain point. Mm -hmm. Like I phased out before the show did. So I strongly remember like the first few seasons of Sabrina, like when she's in high school, because she ends up in college later. I do remember watching the college one. I just, I, I feel like it wasn't as strong. I think it's because the comic is set in like high school. So once you're out of high school, it's hard to kind of keep that going. Yeah. You can't be like the Simpsons and just trap them in high school or elementary school for their entire lives. Oh, eternity. Eternity. So most still, of part. Still, in fact. Still. Yeah. This is this year, I think, actually. Yeah. So Melissa Joan Hart plays 16-year-old Sabrina Spellman, and she's living in a suburb near Boston, Massachusetts. So it's also, in the comic book, she lives near Riverdale. So yeah. she interacts with Archie and the gang. This version of Sabrina came out way before uh, the Riverdale TV show Blessed Our Senses. So he's a child stripper. <laughs> oh, that whole show. Like, I know we can't. No, I'm not allowed. Okay. I will lose. That is for our Patreon subscribers. <laughs> One day. When, yeah. <laughs> so Sabrina lives with her aunts, uh, Zelda and Hilda, who are Zelda's played by Beth Broderick and Hilda's played by Caroline Ray. You might remember Caroline Ray from such great TV shows such as Hollywood Squares. No. She was always on Hollywood Squares. Like, not as much as Gilbert Godfrey, obviously, but she was always on, and she was always Hilda. Like, she is just Hilda. Gilbert Godfrey, what a what a legend. So, sidebar, there is, like, a, a YouTube of him reading Fifty Shades of Grey, and if you've ever wanted to have your panties get drier, listen <laughs> to that. Like, it's, just, it's just Iago... It's Iago reading Twilight porn. It is yeah. highly recommend. Weird. Um, sorry, Hilda and Zelda, those actresses, my aunts for my life. Every time I see them, I get excited. They are like, yeah, quintessential. Like these are ants. They're perfect. They're wonderful. They're just like yin and yang to each other. They are. They're totally great. I love them. So along with uh, Sabrina and her aunts also is a cat named Salem. Uh, Salem Saberhagen, who is a warlock who was turned into a cat as punishment for trying to take over the world. So he is kind of evil, yeah. but also like he's stupid because he's a cat. So he can't actually do all the things. Well, he is brain. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he was like a, he was a very powerful warlock prior. Right. But he was like, yeah. he was essentially was like we discussed in the first TJF introduction, Hitler. <laughs> He was like, yeah, he tried to destroy everybody. He's Voldemort. He was Voldemort. Well, yeah. He's Voldemort. Yeah. What, so I don't remember, would you, did you look up what it was? Was it, was he trying to get rid of the non-witches? 
I can't remember what it was, but it was something ridiculous. Oh my goodness. No, I dived into like too many Sabrina holes. And then by the time I came out, I was like, why has it been two hours? And why aren't I playing Switch? And then ta-da, there I went. Yeah. So this whole premise of the TV show is that Sabrina wakes up on like her 16th birthday. And this is the day that her aunts tell her that she's actually a witch. Her dad's a warlock. And her mom is um, what I'd like to call a muggle. Yep. So she learns she has all these powers and she's kind of like, what? No way. This is why, why things happen. And so her dad's not there, but he's in a book. She can talk to him in a magic book. And then her mother lives in Peru and they kind of like spy on her sometimes. But Sabrina's not allowed to see her because she'll turn into a ball of wax. Oh, I forgot about that. Right. They also were able to like enter another the witch's dimension, like through their linen closet. The fucking linen closet. Yeah. So they'd always go there to talk to people like the witch's council or uh, Sabrina ends up with like a tutor that they call a quiz master. Mm hmm. And so she has to like talk to him and then she has different like lessons she has to learn or spells she has to learn that also usually tie into something that's happening in the show. Wasn't he played by like Penn, one of Penn and Tell or something? No. So but he's in the show. Is, that is Drell and he's head of the witches council um, and he's played by Penn. Dope. So he's the tall guy with the ponytail that talks, obviously, because it'd be yeah. weird if Teller was saying things on a different show. Uh, yep. But I like when I when we looked this up, I my brain literally was like, oh, Penn and Teller. Like, why is he who I remember? Um, another standout character to me is also Mr. Craft, like Sabrina's principal. He's not in season one, but he shows up in season two. Um, and that character is Martin Mull. And he is just like, I imagine his face all the time when I think of Sabrina. Sorry, I'm interrupting you, but I just looked up the Quizmaster. It's Albert the Quizmaster, and he's super cute. Oh, he was adorable and stylish. Yeah, I am. I I apologize to that young man for con confusing him with a uh, pen. <laughs> Do not look alike. Uh, feel no. free to look it up. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he's he's a gorgeous man. So to stay true to the comics and the TV show that is of this age, her love interest is none other than Harvey Kinkle. Mm -hmm. So Harvey is like the hot guy at school and Sabrina's always like worried that he'll find out that she's a witch, but he's also like kind of dumb. Yeah, I was going to say he's, he's like a stereotype. Dumb. He's a stereotype jock. Yeah. Uh, she also has uh, an... A kind of like enemy, a nemesis in Libby. Libby They're was kind a of to get each other. She's kind of like, but my cat just fell off her cat stand, like a hundred percent just fell. <laughs> <laughs> Salem, um, she is black. Oh, I just looked up Libby and I'm like, ugh, yeah, you. She's kind of like awful. Uh, Sabrina's version of Kate. She's the Kate to Lizzie. Libby and Kate are the same. Like Lizzie McGuire's Kate. Yeah. And then she has a best friend named Val. Yes. I like and Val. Val's kind of cool. like wacky. She's kind of nice. She kind of reminds me of the best friend from Raven. Like that's so Raven. Yeah. Or like um uh the wonky professor in Harry Potter. Yes. Trelawney. There we go. So the whole premise of the show is basically set around like Sabrina trying to learn to be a witch, but also having a normal life in the mortal world. But also like she wants to finish school. She wants to find love. She dates around. I don't remember when I was reading synopsis of like later seasons. I don't remember like much of the college episodes or anything like that so i feel like i just stopped watching at some point when she was maybe in high school or right when she graduated they like they they like totally changed the intro well because um, it used to be her like changing her clothes and like snapping her fingers and like turning yeah. around it, and then her body would vanish it was still that but she was like walking through campus and then she lived in uh like essentially I guess it's, I want to say a dorm, but it's like an apartment with a bunch of other college uh, young ladies. And I believe like 
Harvey visits maybe yeah yeah her and Harvey like aren't together she has a different boyfriend something doesn't work out with him yeah and then spoiler alert so fast forward if you don't want to hear this show that you know ended in 2003 but that's cool um her and Harvey like ride away together in the end like because they're true loves they ride away together yeah I like looked that up and I was like huh that's a lot of turmoil to get me there Harvey kind of has like uh, this like little bit of like a like early Brendan Fraser look just a little the yeah the eyes yeah I like it I like I like Brendan Fraser so I would say when I think about Sabrina like my brain immediately goes to Melissa Joan Hart I have a hard time imagining her as not Sabrina but I think that's that's, just who she is I don't think of the comic and I don't think of new Sabrina like when somebody says Sabrina my brain goes the teenage witch yeah and you're like Melissa Joan Hart yeah Melissa Joan Hart so the other two so Sabrina originally started as a comic her first appearance was in 1962 Damn. in Archie number 22. And she showed up as a witch where she knows she's a witch. So, which is different from the TV show, whereas like she's finding all about her powers, whereas mm-hmm. in the comic, she already knew, but she's trying to go through high school, but she wants to be more good than evil. So she's always trying to use her, her powers for good. Yeah. And she looks the same. She's got, I read those books. Sabrina was also a book series. Yeah, so I used to go to the Scholastic Book Fair or wherever, and I had all of them. Mm -hmm. And then there was also a spinoff Salem series, which I had too. Yep. But basically, the way they put Melissa Joan Hart on the TV show with like the blonde, she always kind of had like a blonde bob, maybe just like shoulder length, chest length, blonde hair. Sabrina in the comics and even to this day is pictured with like a little blonde, almost white platinum bob. She usually has a headband. And she, I think she's gone on a date with Archie probably, but I don't think she's into him because I feel like everybody's into Archie for some reason. Uh, Eh. He's kind of a wiener. I like Moose. (laughs) He's the Harvey Kinkle of the situation. Yeah, I'm like, give me the big dumb one, please. Thank you. I'll hang out with comic Jughead because I feel like it would be a great time to just be eating all the time. Oh my god, no, I would just get jealous because he could eat so much and I, well, I cannot. I can try, but I I cannot eat that many burgers. No. But I want to. So, new Sabrina is called The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. So I remember when this one came out, when we heard it was being launched, I got... I got really defensive because I thought they were going to try and redo Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but this day and age. And I was like, stop fucking with shit. That's good the way it is. Like, do it, do something different. So when this Sabrina came out and it was like a lot darker, I actually like this Sabrina. I like that it was different. I, I, okay, yes, I liked it. And I I liked how the main actress was done up to look like the comic character because like mm-hmm. they did they did a pretty good job uh she looks pretty bang on yeah and she's a great little actress yeah so, so there's that uh i can't stand the harvey character no which, which is too bad it's not his fault that's a it's a me problem not a him problem but I, and I think I've told you this before i was like super invested in the first season i'm like oh this is so good and like partway through the the writer or something must have had a pro- like whatever they wrote whatever they were trying to accomplish they must have not been able to do it so like because when where's the, sh- the show set the show set in like the is- the show is set in greendale which is near riverdale and it's set in like this day and age i feel because okay well like it originally was portrayed as, as if it was set like quite earlier like a different decade yeah And then there was that one fucking episode where Harvey randomly pulled out an iPhone and we didn't see one before or after that episode. So I was like, I'm done. And I thought it was going to be like in the 1950s, maybe, or something like that without technology. Well, that's what it looked like because no one has any tech. It's like, it's, you know. Yeah. When they pulled that iPhone out, I was like, y'all broke the escapism. What are you doing? I think they just made it more retro, but I think it's probably in this day and age because I can see Sabrina and Riverdale having a crossover unless they've had it already because I stopped watching Riverdale. But they're set in like the same atmosphere, which is also why The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is a lot darker 
Mm-hmm. It's a lot more focused on like the dark side of magic and like devil worship kind of. Yeah. And the whole premise is that uh spoiler alert again that Sabrina is basically the daughter of Satan. Yeah. Kind of. Um, and so she has to like sign the book of evil or something to become like a full-fledged witch, but she keeps having she has morals, so basically yeah. she feels bad when she does bad stuff. Yeah. Uh fun fact, that show got in big trouble because they The statue. Yeah, the statue of Baphomet. They like took it from an artist. I guess the set deck or the art director or whatever didn't realize that that was like someone's actual piece of original art and not just like old vintage Satan statue. <laughs> yeah, they took it and they got in a lot of trouble for yeah, that. A lot of trouble, which I as like a a designer myself, I'm like, oof, oof, such an such an easy mistake but at the same time like y'all know that there wasn't just like churches of satan floating around for millions of years like we just decided to make that up yeah someone someone had to make that someone had to commission that and make that and then somebody has it in their house probably i wish i had that in my house i think it's beautiful the one thing i did like about that show is like the first few episodes Sabrina had some whack-ass highlights going on. Like, I noticed this, but her hair was, like, not the same in any episode. It kept, like, she had highlights, and she was fully blonde, and then she had, like, weird highlights, and then it was yellow, and then it was blonde, and I was like, what is fucking happening? Also, why is this something I need to notice? Um, And then as soon as she, like, accepts evil and she goes, like, platinum blonde, like, I want to give shout-out to that stylist. That hair looks great. Unless it's a wig, then shout-out to that wig. Yeah. But it's really nice. That's funny. I noticed the platinum, but I didn't notice what you noticed before. But you would because you're a hairdresser professionally. So Yeah, I notice it a lot. That's like when I'm watching TV shows and like they don't correct like the spaces in the letters and like the kerning and stuff. Just I will let myself out. You just got mad. Yeah. Uh, Also, I will say the intro to that Sabrina, the Chilling Adventure, the intro is pretty fire. The motion graphics, nice work. Yeah, it's pretty good. Go team. I appreciate that, Sabrina. Yeah. But basically, Sabrina is the shit. To sum up my segment, Sabrina is the shit. Melissa Joan Hart is the shit. Kiernan Shipka is the shit. Yep. The show is five stars. Yeah. Caroline Ray is the shit. Mm-hmm. and i would a hundred percent probably watch sabrina again both of them and we both have black cats so i did okay so i love sabrina so much that the first cat i got was a gray cat and i named it salem mm-hmm. and it wasn't black but i was like no i need to be a teenage witch your yeah. name is salem be my uh, what's it called? you're my familiar thank you no worries I always go to the golden compass and I'm like, you're my demon. You're my demon. Yeah. That's well, what I used to call my little dog. That's what I called my Furby. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> See ya. Awesome. But <laughs> I don't know. Just like five stars would recommend both of them. 10 out of 10 time. I kind of want to watch it now. Yeah. Well, you have to wait because I got to do mine now. Oh, I can watch it later. No, I'll just log off. It's fine. Good job. Thank you. Now I can have the rest of my Arizona hard iced tea. Do you remember the cartoon Sabrina? It's like, oh, it's Sabrina. Something, something, something. That was brief live too. I I, um, I have it on one of my platforms of of stream. I'm not sure. But I, I think maybe. Of stream. Yeah. Think maybe like the Disney one. I'm not sure. I put it on for a minute and I'm like, wow, these voices are too screechy for me. <laughs> Goodbye. Ugh, cartoons are rough. Yeah. Okay. So because we decided to switch it up and I have a real problem with like delving into like really s- <laughs> full, uh, ro- robust cases of, of murder. Yes. Yes. Okay, so this is what Jill and I will call murder light. And I'm just going to get into it because the more I talk, I'm going to make it weird. Let's go. Murder light, diet crime. Diet crime, 
starring me. So let's see if you can figure out where this is going to go. And I'm pretty proud of it. (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm pretty, pretty impressed with myself. Let me know when I get to guess. Okay. So this is an American crime that of course takes place in Pennsylvania starring one young woman named Heather that looks like she's from the cast of Saved by the Bell. Nice. Kind of has like that Jesse look a little bit. Ooh. But, like hair wise, but if I'm being completely honest with you, she looks like Janine Gar- Gar- Garofalo from Romeo and Michelle. Ooh, yes. Doesn't she play a woman named Heather in that show too? I think so, yes. Absolutely funny because this woman's name is Heather. I didn't even, okay, good job. Or I mean, I always knew that. I was on purpose. So she looks like her. She sounds like her. It's a real treat. Heather was born in 1974 and she grew up in Daytona Beach, Florida. Her mom was a waitress and unfortunately her dad left when uh, she was an infant because he was a piece of trash. So when Heather was 14, her mom moved her, and now she has an infant sister, to Quakerville, Pennsylvania. So Quakerville is, like, super cute, really remote, not a good time for, like, a 14-year-old girl. Are there Quakers? I, you know what? I didn't look it, but I hope so. Because, sure, that it's on brand. I like it. Would be, it would be on brand. Yeah. So Heather... She attends school here, and then unfortunately, because it's so remote and she is having a hard time making friends, she does unfortunately drop out at the age of 17. So, you're so close, my baby girl, that sucks. She starts working as a waitress, and then she ends up meeting her very first boyfriend there when she is, again, 17. And unfortunately, she she falls pregnant. Oh, I hate when that happens. I, I hate when you trip and you fall pregnant. You fall onto a baby. Ugh, it's the worst. Soon, soon after this super cool Mr. Cool guy that she's dating is like, I don't want these responsibilities. And he doesn't want to spend his money on the baby. He doesn't want to spend his money on this relationship. And he basically just yeets out of there. He's just his he's he's living his life and he's like i don't care about my responsibilities this is a you problem not a me problem condoms feel weird oh, that so damn right now. weird condom i always it always gets you i just like i'm now i'm triggered okay so i and i anyways he he does end up not necessarily staying in their life i don't know if he paid child i truly doubt he paid child support it doesn't seem like it but anyways So Heather, now a single mom, ends up having to get another job to supplement her income. So she has the job at this diner, and then she gets another job at a seafood restaurant. And while she's working there, now 18, Heather meets a gentleman named Kevin. So Kevin Miller, he's six years older than her. He's about like 25 or so. And he's gone to college He spent a year in the military, and then after he was in the military for the one year, he switched over to the reserve, so he did that, and he's he's just, like, a very rounded dude. Okay. Yeah. He's, like, kind of like a beefy, kind of blonde dude, like, looks a little bit like Hank Hill, sort of. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. So whatever it is, Heather digs him. She's like, you are my type. Kevin works a nine to five at a bank. And then he also had a separate job at the seafood restaurant. So that's how him and Heather ended up meeting. So Kevin is a very empathetic person. He likes to listen. Heather can comfortably discuss the like issues she's having with her ex and the baby. Essentially he's, he's creating a safe space. So that's nice. Good for her. Anyways, they end up hitting it off and connecting because of that emotional connection that starts to develop. And then they move in with each other very quickly. Uh, they're well, she's really young. I think that was probably far too quickly. Cause I, it seems like it was almost immediately. <laughs> that sounds but, like something my people like to do. So <laughs> sounds hey, pretty accurate to me. To me. I'm just like, you move that fast. You're bound to deal with big problems when you no don't way. lesbians have no drama the least dramatic people these 
I'm meaning it's a really bad idea all the time is what I'm yeah, getting I was at. Like just listen. You're like, these aren't lesbians. What are you talking about? No, just <laughs> it's a bad move. If two women think it's a great idea and it's going poorly, it's a bad move for everyone. And then your cycles sink and it's down from there. It's a, it's a fact. Bad. So they move in way too fast, in my opinion. Having been a child once and not a child, having been a young adult and moved in way too quickly with the person before. Yeah. Yep. Also, I consider 18 a child. So, you know. I consider under 24 a child. So Yeah. yeah. And this is a baby with a baby. So that's happening. Poor thing. Okay, so moves in too quickly. But the nice thing is, because uh, Kevin works these two jobs and he's like kind of a super solid dude, she is able to quit her job and just stay home with her daughter and like raise her daughter and be fully committed to her daughter. So that is dope. Um, I don't know if this was a relationship of opportunity. It doesn't, she doesn't say that. And I don't think she would say that. I don't, it's possible. Who knows? I don't know. You know what I mean? And I don't blame her if it was that either at all. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just. Sometimes you love someone and they come with perks too. This is is true. So, hey, you know. My girlfriend gets free hair for forever. So, perk. And I hope you get free internet. I don't. Well, you have to have a conversation with her. I know. It's very disheartening. It makes me so sad all the time. It's not even a thing she gets. That sucks. I know. Oh, but I know. The That's whole point of a job is a paycheck and a perk. Two Ps. Yeah. I get to go to soccer games for free. Yeah. I, I don't. You get to be around all like hot dudes. I like it. No big deal. Yeah, you have a great <laughs> you have a great time. Okay. And so April 1995, so two years after they get married, and he's like, don't, you don't have to work, I got you. Uh, they get married. So they're moving, they're moving quickly. No, it checks I mean, out again. Also 95, like that might not be as quick as I think it is today. Also for me, it takes me forever to do anything that's that serious, because I just like, like independence a lot. I don't have a shared bank account with the person I'm married to, so there you go. I have a shared bank account with my mom. <laughs> I do not because we my share. mom would we go share. Oh no, she, uh, she does sometimes, but also it's really convenient if I'm like, "Ma'am, I I need some money." She goes, "Okay, I transferred it." And I go, <laughs> "Oh, I love that for you." I love my, it for me too. My mom, I'm in my 30s, and she'd be like, "Why are you getting another tattoo?" And I'd be like, "Jesus Christ, get out of my bank account!" Oh my god, my mom would just be like, "Okay, honey buns, here you go." Thank you. <laughs> I love that for you. That sounds much more healthy. Yes, okay. no siblings, once again. <laughs> Fuck. I should just kill her. I mean, we might need more fuel for this podcast one day, and I would love to interview one of the code hosts, and I would love for it not to be me on trial, you know? So I'm good with that. Uh, so in April 95, after two years to get married, like we discussed... Uh, and Kevin actually adopts Heather's original daughter. So that's pretty like, I, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors, whether or not it's a relationship or opportunity or not, but I like that. That's pretty fucking solid. I think it's always so cute when that happens. Yeah. It's like, oh, you are a nice person. I think, I don't know him, but Mm -hmm. all right. Later in 96, Heather and Kevin actually have their first child together. So, like I said, they move real fast. <laughs> nah, this checks out. I feel like my people would have had a pet way sooner, but checks out. And also, like, we're not acknowledging that they are in a very small town. So Yeah, that's like a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. Everyone that never left my town all had babies. Well, not everyone. Some people didn't, but most of them. Yeah, same. Yeah. So, yeah, family getting bigger. They end up moving to another area in Pennsylvania called Richland Town. Is it filled with rich people? It seems like it because it's like this really cute, idyllic kind of Norman Rockwell style town where everything matches. And like they all live in these cute townhouses and everyone knows everybody. And it's like 
kind of your worst nightmare because if you have something bad happens, everyone knows. Everyone knows. Oh my God. Isn't that so crazy? Yeah. I don't even know my neighbor's names, I don't think. I don't even know my landlord's husband's name and they live above me. I do because I've lived here for like six years. But where we used to live, I didn't know anybody. Yeah, so that seems like a blessing and a curse. It's like a kinder surprise with poop in it. Oh, it's like a kinder surprise, but when you get a puzzle. I don't want a fucking puzzle. Yeah, I want a plastic toy. What's I want a plastic toy. I don't want this fucking four-piece puzzle. I hate you forever. Like when you go trick-or-treating and they give you a toothbrush. It's like when they give you raisins and you're like, bitch. Or an apple. Why? Ugh. Floss. No. Sir. Like. Yeah, all that stuff. They moved into a townhouse. They make friends really quickly. Like I like I mentioned, everyone's in everyone else's business. That's just how it goes. Yeah. Uh, specifically, she attaches to this 28-year-old woman named Mindy Robbins. Mindy's also a stay-at-home mom. That's pretty much why they kind of fully connected really well, because their schedules just aligned. Yeah. Mindy, Mindy, uh, sorry, Mindy and Heather started having coffee together daily, uh, sometimes inviting some of the other women over to, or stay-at-home moms over to have, I shouldn't say women, stay-at-home people to have coffee with them in the morning. Uh, they spent most of their day together. Like, they totally sunk their schedules. Basically, fast friends, best friends. That's just yep. the trend of this whole thing is everything's fast. <laughs> too fast, too furious. Yeah. I, I think she had a minivan, but she could still race that if she wanted to for pink slips. Yep. So. So now we have Heather and Kevin and their family. They're in a new town, a new house. They're making nice new friends. Their kids are good. I think at this point they now have four kids. I think two kids just snuck up on them. Peekaboo. Yeah, dude. Everything is going relatively well, and then Kevin loses his job. Uh Uh-oh. Honey becomes really tight. Kevin's forced to take uh, two new minimum wage-paying jobs, unfortunately making him have to do double shifts all week. So he's working full doubles every day of the week. Unconfirmed if weekends are included, but who knows? Just because, like, with the two extra kids and the mortgage and everything, like, they were not in a great place so their relationship began to become quite strained um kevin would have to leave to go to work at 8 a.m and he wouldn't get home to midnight or a little after midnight like he literally had no life so that's already hard enough on the on himself never mind his spouse so heather's at home every day all day raising the kids keeping the house in order and they just begin to fight constantly kevin would come home and like throw things uh, Heather, I guess she would just shut down and she wouldn't pick up after the house or whatever. So then when Kevin would come home and like huck things around the house, he would get pissed that she wouldn't follow him around and pick it up after him or something. Oh it's, God. It's like a weird double-ended sword. It's like, you guys need to go to fucking therapy, but it's the nineties. So no. And they're, yeah, I, I'm sure there probably wasn't like mental health outreach. Like there is these days, but no. like, Fuck. I can't imagine trying to take care of kids and keep my house clean because I take care of myself and my house is not tidy. It's it's a let alone with like four teeny weenies and then also a full time worker coming home. That house is not clean and it's never gonna be clean. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be clean, but it might not be tidy. Well yeah, like she's every like and like I the the age of these kids, like some of them are toddlers, right? So there you look one way and one's already trying to fall down the stairs and the minute they can walk you're fucked one's trying to eat a fork and the other one's trying to put it in an outlet Ugh. i did that seems i didn't do that but my my really good friend emily her sister sarah did it in front of us one day in her bedroom in emily's bedroom because she wanted to see what happened so as the older siblings emily and i just sat there and watched Oh my god! I shoved a fork in a toaster because I thought I thought I didn't know that it would stop toasting the bread. I thought like the alarm went off like an oven, and then it like would keep cooking it. Oh my god! 
So I, my granny was on the phone. So I took a fork and like shoved it in to like get the toast out. And I shoved it into the metal and was like, and that was the first time I electrocuted myself in my life. Did it hurt? Oh yeah. And like, I didn't want my granny to know because I knew she'd be mad at me. So I just like cried and kind of just like held my hand really tight. So it wouldn't hurt as bad. And then just like, I had a full like on my hand and just didn't show anybody. Really? Oh, fuck yeah. She would get so mad at me if she knew that I did that. She would have been so mad at me. God, I'm sorry. That sucks. (laughs) No way. It's my fault for sticking a fucking fork in a toaster. You're a child. Nothing's your fault. Yeah, it was was the 90s. Everything was my fault if I did it wrong. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, that that was the parenting style we had. But in in reality, no, you were a child and you didn't know how to life. So, grandma... (laughs) no way yeah okay so like i said relationship getting real volatile so heather because she has this close friendship with lindy or lindy mindy she shares everything that's going on within her marriage their financial situation with her so mindy is kind of in in the now so it wasn't uncommon for mindy to like want to take her out to a dinner or a movie or you know anything so on this particular night in 1998, Mindy, which I haven't mentioned previously because I didn't want to like, you know, but Mindy happens to be a Wiccan. Oh, shit. And Mindy really, really, really wanted to go see this new movie called Practical Magic. Maybe you no! <laughs> Oh, my God. She was like, yes, this is for my people. Let's this go. This is my people. Yeah, so Mindy wanted to go see it because she's a freaking Wiccan, and she was like, let's go. Practical Magic, Sandra Bullock, Nicole Kidman, yes. So she, her and Heather go to see this movie. Mindy's, like, obviously over the moon because that movie still bangs today. It's real good. And Heather, after seeing this movie, really, really identifies with the two sisters in the film and the plot. Oh, my God. This is amazing. So if you're unfamiliar with the plot of Practical Magic, they're, they're two sisters. They're witches. Uh, and one of the one sister becomes upset when the partner of the other sister starts physically abusing her. And essentially, the movie is about how they deal with it and the repercussions of said dealt. Oh, no. <laughs> So after after seeing the movie, Heather goes, she's like, I got this, and marches her little Pennsylvania butt to a friggin' Wiccan store and buys a banishing spell. Oh, <laughs> my God. The early 2000s, she's like, I'm doing it. So she didn't need to watch the craft. She watched Practical Magic, and she was like... <sighs> I know what to do. Yeah. Whereas you and I are trying to do stiff as a feather, light as a board to get our dumb friend to fucking levitate. And she's like, I'm banishing my husband. Which I'm going to banish somebody. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So Heather goes to this lake in the middle of the night. Oh, God. And tries to cast this banishing spell to make to you know get her husband out of the, essentially banish her husband out of the house let's not be around oh the bush that's gosh. it but when she, when heather comes home to her surprise kevin is in the house oh no but what? it didn't work yeah so mindy's like girl it's only to banish ghosts you can't use it on people oh my god <laughs> disclaimer <laughs> you didn't read the fine print it's not for fucking people P.S. You're not Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. <laughs> oh my god. Also, like, I know we're laughing. We shouldn't necessarily laugh. I don't believe there's any physical abuse, but emotional abuse is still really bad, so it's not funny. And, like, this woman clearly needs some help. So It's just me imagining myself the first time I watched The Addams Family and being like, I'm gonna be just like Wednesday Addams, and that night I tried to sleep with my arms crossed on my back. I like, this is the... That. This is an equivalent of that <laughs> moment in life. Uh, okay, so Heather, now, since her banishing spell didn't work, and, like, Mindy's like, you got the one for ghosts, Heather's just like, well, what do I do? So 
like a good old millennial, but she's not. She's in the 90s. So like a good old 90s baby. She's like, well, guess I'm going to copy the movie. Exactly. Oh. And decides that she's going to go buy some fucking Belladonna to kill Kevin. Because oh that's how the characters in the movie deal with that bro. <laughs> I mean, like, there's just divorce. There's just good old-fashioned divorce. Well, yes. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. So belladonna is, like, it's a plant, but it's a poison. But it's one of history's oldest poisons. It's been used to, like, do away with kings and queens and what have you. They're like, ha, 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 belladonna. It even has, like, a really charming name. I'm down. Pretty sure. Oh, no, that was Deadly Nightshade. I was like, wasn't that in The Nightmare Before Christmas? No, Deadly Nightshade. Whatever. Okay. So Heather goes back to the Wiccan shop because she's like, well... I want a refund. Well, no, it's in the... No, not even. That would have made more sense than what she's about to do. She's like, it was in the movie Practical Magic, so obviously the Wiccan store will sell fucking Belladonna. Turns out, no, it does not because it's a straight-up poison and it's not going to be sold to you. (laughs) You can't just walk on down to the yield market and get yeah. some belladonna. You can't just do that. Can I get some strict nine while I'm here too? It's like 1990, 2000, not 1900s. <laughs> like Spencer's gifts doesn't carry belladonna, my dude. Calm down. No, and the the jar of deadly nightshade I bought from Disneyland didn't come full. <laughs> what? No, I nope. I have it. I love it. Okay, so. There she goes back in there and they're like, absolutely not. What are you doing? But I guess they directed her to the health food store. So she goes to uh, like homeopathic store and they do sell a very, very diluted version of uh, like Belladonna tablets for like anxiety or to help you sleep essentially to it's like, it's like um, uh, uh, what the fuck do we uh, melatonin? Nope. Like THC, what's the Weed. other one? The other one. Oh, CBD. CBD. It's like, it's supposed to, I don't know. I've never taken it, but I, it's supposed to be like CBD. I, it sounds like taking a small form, small amounts of poison isn't good, but. Like, oh, okay. Just small amount in moderation. Yeah. Moderate poison. It's fine. It's like, fine. Um, I mean, people smoke, same thing. Well, yeah. Or like when people were like, Botox with snake venom or some shit. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Just a dash, it's fine. So, yeah, so she finds that, and that's what it is. She buys that shit, uh, takes it home, and she's like, well, fuck, like, what am I gonna do with this? Uh, I'm gonna dump the entire bottle into a pestle and mortar, grind <laughs> that shit up, and make a fine powder, as one does. Then she confides in Mindy that she's got this belladonna, explains what she wants to do mindy essentially is like totally shook because she's like girl first of all the first rule of a wiccan is don't kill anybody hashtag hurt anybody all i I just yeah so mindy's not having this and then she's like you could just get a divorce right you know this if you really want to banish your husband but heather doesn't think that that's uh feasible because of the situation and this is what she wants to do she's made up her mind so okay. April 2nd, 2000, Heather then goes, you're going to like this one. Heather just goes over to her neighbor's house directly across the street. And her name is Diane. And Diane has occasionally had coffee with Mindy and Heather in the morning, but like, they're not really good friends. Uh, Diane said that she, they just kind of waved at each other. Like that was that right. Or like, yeah. So Heather uh, marches over I don't know, maybe saunters. I'm not sure. She she does some form of walk over to Diane's house and knocks on the door. And Diane answers the door. And Heather's like, so I have this thing of belladonna powder and I'm going to kill my husband. So can you hold the bottle for me, please? And basically discloses the entire plan and just tells Diane that she w- she'd like her to keep the bottle in case uh, Kevin finds it. And she will call her before she needs it, when she needs it. <laughs> okay yeah so diane's like huh (laughs) diane is totally 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 shocked speechless in fact can't can't like essentially she just accepts the bottle and closes the door because she doesn't understand what's happening (laughs) thank you yeah 
and then immediately calls Mindy because it's her it's Heather's best friend and she's like Mindy what the fuck is wrong with your friend (laughs) (laughs) your friend's lost it yeah and uh, like Mindy when Diane phones her Mindy's like oh yeah I already know about that (laughs) oh yeah that old thing (laughs) old hat yeah so Diane's like why well have you done anything and Mindy's like no I haven't called the cops Dan's like we have to call the cops and Mindy is morally torn because she doesn't want Kevin to get sick but she doesn't want her best friend to go to prison and she certainly doesn't want to be the one that puts her in prison so she's like can't we just leave a note on Kevin's car oh my god (laughs) and Diane my hero (laughs) And Diane's like, absolutely not. We're going into the police. I guess Diane had uh, family members that were part of the police force. So she felt like she could go in and talk to them. That was another part of Mindy's problem. She's like, I'm just going to go into the, the, the police office place. Hall. The Brooklyn Station. 99. Station. Okay. And, and be like, my friend bought Belladonna to kill her husband help. So she was in a, I mean, it's kind of a weird, but I mean. He bought. It's a pre- I mean, it's a predicament, but also a life, perhaps. Yeah, like I don't know. Snitches get stitches, but like, I feel like if somebody's gonna die for no reason. It's like you're okay to snitch. Yes, agreed. All right, so they talked to the police on April third. Uh, Diane and Mindy both are are at the police station, and the cops are very much taken aback because in their words a quote from them was usually we get called to the aftermath we don't usually get to prevent this type of crime murder it's like well it's kind of true like you know i guess that's true usually yeah. they're there later so the other issue they're having is because uh diane and like diane has the belladonna so she still has it and but uh the police were like, okay, well, if, if, if your girlfriend is venting to you, this is not a crime. This is a vent and, and that's fine. But if, if, but if it's actually intent or like you're there, she's truly planning to commit murder. Like that's incredibly serious and we need to act on it. So they needed to differentiate between that. So they had to somehow prove it. Right. They can't just, it's a white lady. So they won't just arrest her. That's true. You know yeah. what? That checks out. I was going to say, like, she fucking bought the shit and then told somebody that's what she was going to do. And then I'm like, oh. Yeah. You know, that yeah. old bullshit. That old trope. So the police and Diane have to truly bend Mindy's arm, but they eventually do get her to agree to wear a wire. So Mindy goes home and tries to call uh Heather but Heather doesn't want to talk on the phone so Mindy's like okay I guess I have to go over she's basically doing everything she can to not like she wants this not to happen but she doesn't want to be that person so she ends up going over to her house wearing this wire and talking to Heather about what she's planning to do kind not it's I listened to the call she's not egging her on per se Actually, no, she's not at all. I shouldn't say per se. She's not at all. She's just asking a lot of questions okay. uh, in order to kind of incriminate her a little bit, but not... not Leading like, questions. Kind, kind of, but like the, the answers that Heather gives, it's, it's not leading. Like, it's very matter of fact. Like, she's Mindy's like, well, what are you going to do? And Heather's like, well, I'm making mashed potatoes and I'm going to put the belladonna in the mashed potatoes. Oh, okay. And then what are you going to, like, then what? Like, that kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. So then, anyway, so Heather just says she's going to put the belladonna in his mashed potatoes. He's going to take that to his night shift. He's going to eat that. And then it's going to look like he's going to have a heart attack. Which, first of all, how do you know that? Like, how is that? How, what? I just want to know who has the self-control to take mashed potatoes somewhere and, and then eat them cold instead of just, like, eating them hot in the car. I would have True. died in the car sooner. i'll remember that okay yeah so uh, and then she says that what will happen is he so he's supposed to work the night shift till 12 
and then because he won't come home at 12, she'll go to his work and look for him, find him dead in his office, and then call the police and be like, oh, no, he's dead. And and she just says it so matter-of-factly and exactly like that actress, uh, Janine Garfalo, that it's it's like listening to her in Romy Michelle's high school reunion, like as if she was chain smoking. It's amazing. Oh my God. And that, in, yes. Yeah. And then in the background of this video, or sorry, the audio clip, you can hear her kids. Her kids are just running around while she's discussing how she's killing her, her husband. <laughs> I'm going to make, I have a few loads of laundry and then I'm hoping to watch an episode of Matlock and then I'm going to make some mashed potatoes and poison my husband. And then uh, yeah. I'll pick up the dry cleaning. What? Yeah. Another fun thing that she says on the recording is Mindy asked her, is this untraceable? And Heather goes, yeah, I asked the person at the, at the homeopathic store because I said, I'm getting a new job and I need to take a drug test. Will this show up on a drug test? And they're like, no. So according to her, that's fucking untraceable. Oh God. Like the I research think- that went in. Yeah, like, I mean, I realized they didn't have the, the the tools we have available for us these days, but, like, do more, because I think that you didn't do enough or anything. <laughs> you watched mm-hmm. Practical Magic and decided it was a good idea. <laughs> I did my research. I don't need any more. Nicole Kidman said it was fine. So on April 5th, 2000, Heather called Diane, asked her for the poison... Like, she's driving home. She's like, oh, I'll just swing by and grab that real quick. And then a few minutes afterwards, at the entrance to their neighborhood, Heather's car was surrounded by, like, a bunch of cop cars. And then they arrested her for attempted murder. They they said that they did it that way because there's lots of kids in the neighborhood and they didn't want to, like, traumatize any children. Okay. Leading up to, like, leading up to the trial, like, she didn't really have too much to say about it. She was just kind of like, oh, well, I was just joking around. Like, you know, I didn't do it. And then she tried to blame Mindy and say Mindy, it was Mindy's idea. And Mindy was egging her on and all this stuff. I guess Mindy and uh, Heather one time slept together. So the courts tried to, like, manipulate it and say it was, like, this they were trying to run away. to You know, you know, it was the 90s. And they want to, like, yeah, I didn't want to bring that up because I just think it's, like, you know standard yeah like ew like they're whores or like lesbian wiccan sex triangle or some shit sneaky lesbian witches who knew yeah Yeah, it's like no that's not what's going on here and then heather tried to say that giving the vial to diane was a clear cry for help and like that she didn't want to do it and like that's why and then this again i feel bad saying this but this silly lady it also came out in this investigation that the Belladonna, because it was so diluted, like the, the defense were like, you know that if she had actually given this to her husband, the worst that would have happened would have been indigestion. Oh my God. I would have just had an upset tummy. Yeah. But Can you imagine the- being like, he's going to die. Excellent. And then he yeah. like comes home and is like, move, honey. She's going to blow. Yeah. Get out the way. Move. Like Light the pro- a match. The prosecution though was like, yeah, but because she still had the intent and she was still trying to do it, like what's stopping her from actually achieving that the next time? Mm-hmm. Which I mean, I like, I, ugh, you know, I don't know. And yeah, so I don't know, that kind of tracks with me. But um, anyways, so and like Mindy had to take the stand and that was pretty difficult for her. But the 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 big thing was, so they... When they first went to trial, Kevin, who knew everything and now at this point, <laughs> walked into court holding her hand and said that he he forgave her and that it's not all to blame on her because he was being emotionally abusive because he was stressed out and he didn't want to break up the marriage because the kids needed their mother and like all this stuff. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, okay. If yeah. you tried to kill me, we are not getting back together. <laughs> That's fair. Like, no. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So, like, with, with Kevin, it's like, we weren't in that scenario. So, like, that's why I'm like, oh, I don't want to be like, you, you, you dumb lady for not understanding the 
Belladonna, whatever. It's like, we don't truly know what psychological hole her brain was in at that point. And I'm not condoning her actions, but like, we, we just, we don't know. Like clearly there was something evidently distressing going on, whether that was having a baby at 18 and not having the ability. hundred percent. Yeah. It's like, there's, a, there's so many things happening right now on so many different planes. And it's like this poor every, yeah. And then the fucking nineties, man. Like we grew up with like parents from the eighties. It's just, everything is awful. All right. So I respect his position, but anyways, don't worry. They did get divorced. Yay. So on September 19th, 2000, 12 jurors just needed three hours to conclude what Kevin still refused to believe at that point that Heather at 26 planned to poison him. According to the morning call, Miller was convicted of attempted murder, solicitation to commit murder, aggravated assault, and simple assault. Heather's lawyers asked for leniency, and the judge sentenced her to 4.5 to 10 years. So that's not that bad. I mean, it still sucks, but yeah. Why? This is the other thing that we I didn't, but I'm going to talk about briefly. So what, the prosecutors were like, well, why didn't she just get a divorce and just like <laughs> go live single? Because Kevin's life insurance was 750000 <laughs> Ah, that'll do it. That'll do, pig. Yeah. So, I mean, like, we don't know per se, but, you know. I mean, that's probably more money than she was going to make getting, like, money off of his part-time job and a divorce anyway. Yeah. And there was, like, witness accounts that in the past she had talked about cutting his brake lines or hiring a hitman, which, I mean, who knows, like... When you're when you're unhappy, you say weird things. It doesn't mean you're gonna do them. And like that that was the big thing with the cops too. They're like hearsay, whatever. Like, is it is it, you know, you're just venting to your girl. It's I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I have vented to a few people when I'm so annoyed and I've said things such as there is a hole in my front yard that I can hear water running through. So one day, if Bloody Blood disappears, just know I've put their body in that hole. I have yeah. said that multiple times. I've said stuff like that on this podcast. I use that <laughs> hole as a threat constantly. So, and I'm not like being like, let her off because she's a white lady. I'm just being like, everyone should be listened to more carefully everywhere God, mental health is a real thing anyways so kevin he continued to support his wife so every Same. okay yep every okay. six to eight weeks he would make a trek out there to get the kids to see their mom little family time he just wanted to work really hard and keep that family together and heather <laughs> Has, was quoted in People magazine saying, in one aspect, I love him for it, but in the same breath, he he must be completely insane. <laughs> oh, my God. She's something else, man. So despite She even knows. Yeah. Despite the effort, the marriage ended in divorce when they broke up in 2007. Kevin told Snapped, which is a TV show, other than the fact that I provided a sense of normalcy for the kids, everything I had done was for nothing. <laughs> oh, my God. So that's it. No one died. Everything's fine. But like he like he even had bailed her out one time and then they raised her bail and it was like a whole thing. And oh like, my God, this man. Uh, yeah, I, so. I have held grudges for way less than trying to kill me with poison for way less. Att not not even like the, he didn't even get poison and it wasn't even a, really a poison. He just would have he just would have had to poop. <laughs> I would have. I've held grudges for less. It would be taking like too much magnesium powder and shitting yourself in the morning. <laughs> it's like the mornings when you're like, did I take one scoop of pre-workout already? And then you take a second and then you feel like you're going to have a heart attack for most of the morning. I'm on the moon. Like, yep. Why can I do everything so well? But then reality, you're like fucking making a mess. So it's like cocaine. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I've never done <laughs> that, but it checked. Nah, what? It checks out. <laughs> no, no, I feel like it checks out. This is what I'm grasping from every show I've ever watched when everybody does blow and does everything really fast. Like Entourage. Oh my god. No, don't talk about that show. Travesty. I hate it. It's okay. So, 
I also thought because we were we're like kind of a true crime podcast. Don't know if you know. Also, uh, Breath of the Wild fan cast. Yeah, but Twilight fan cast. Something fun that happened yesterday is one of our main guys from the Barbie and Ken murders, uh, Paul Bernardo, was denied his parole. Snaps. He came for his hearing on June 22nd, 2021. So we are recording this on a Wednesday, but you'll hear it on a Sunday. Uh, And he was denied. Fucking obviously. But also, we've seen some fucked up shit happen. So I also don't think anything is a sure thing anymore. Yeah. Like Trump was a president for a bit. Oh my God. I thought that was a joke. And I was like, there is no fucking way. And then he won. And I was like, are we in Black Mirror? Yep. 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 Well, on that note, uh, we nailed it. Yes. I did the crime. It was crime diet. Diet crime. No one died. No one died. (laughs) Died not crime. Yeah. No die in this diet. Death not to be faulty. It's just tea um, crime because there's no die. Ooh, it's truly what it was. It was it was a bunch of ladies having some gossip, spilling the tea. Oh my god! And then one woman was like, "Your best friend is literally going to kill her husband. She gave me a bottle of poison." <laughs> over like I bet you they discussed that over white wine. They were probably just like rose yeah. all day, please. Rose all day and belladonna, and a live laugh love sign on the wall. Live, laugh, Belladonna. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Live, laugh, practical magic. And Sabrina the go. Teenage Witch. Hail Sandra Bullock. Well, thanks for joining us on another riveting episode of Deep Nerder. And yes. then... What? As we, as we do. And then if you have questions or concerns, email us at deepnerder at gmail.com. Or shoot us an Instagram message, like, comment on our Instagram at DeepNerder. Please, five-star ratings all around. (laughs) And, like, don't be a dick. And then join us next week for another dive into the TGI Friday multiverse. Content for days. So, on that note, we can say that divorce. It's totally cool. Respect. E to the V. O R C E divorce. Get divorce. that divorce. Huh. Well, see ya. Bye. Rocky bye.